This is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen 2009's Open Road... And let's face it, you haven't. No one has. And not to be confused with any other films called Open Road, two of which I started before this one, just thinking that Justin Timberlake would be a side character. That's true. Um, Or Open Season. Or Open Season. Starring Eddie Murphy. (laughs) If you haven't watched any of those films, this is a spoiler warning for not them but for Justin Timberlake's vehicle, Open Road. Don't watch it. Word. If it isn't Professor Smarty Pants, we should never stop working on ourselves. You ain't walking away this time. Hello, and welcome to the Justin Timberlake podcast with two hitchhiking buddies travel their way through the in the, the seemingly infinite works of Justin Timberlake, I am one of those buddies, Harry Dobbs. I'm joined by, as always, the other buddy, May Thompson. Beep beep, pick me up at the side of the road, baby. Got my thumb up. <laughs> I'm going north. <laughs> We've done a lot of podcasts today. I'm gonna kill ya. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever hitchhiked before? Um. No, I'm too scared to. I, see, I feel like I look both like the safest and most dangerous person to pitch up, pick up hitchhiking. Because I look very weak and timid, but also like I would have a gun. One time I was uh, standing outside my grand's house. My grand lives in a very, like, very residential area in Falmouth. Like the speed limit is like, it's like 10, but only because you physically can't drive faster than that because you'll just crash because <laughs> the roads are too tight and stuff yeah um and someone was just like trundling by in a car outside my grand's house i just put my thumb up at them just like hello and my dad yelled at me because um he didn't want me to be like picked up as a hitchhiker when i was nine yeah <laughs> he didn't we didn't want the the guy driving the car to think oh there's a nine-year-old hitchhiker in this residential area of yeah Florida. okay wonder what, where, where where are they off Okay. (laughs) I am one time the number 50 bus between Caerphilly and Newport, which is a shit bus. uh, It was the last bus of the day. I was coming back from acting school and the the previous two buses had just driven past me without stopping. I raised my hand and the bus drove past and I ran after it. And the guy stops, opens the door. He's like, oh, sorry, mate. Thought you were just waving (laughs) at a bus stop to a bus. And I was just like... Friendly guy. It's just like, properly stared at him. He was just like, so where are you going? And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's your whole job. It's is you drive until you someone waves at you to stop driving. That's, yeah. I hate but I hate buses. I can't, I can't handle them in any way. I think they're sort of a liminal space, really. You ever been on a bus that yes. isn't your local city bus? I was too busy interrupting you to listen. Yeah, I ignored it. Yeah, I, def- I wasn't listening to what you said. I deflected like a pro. You, you did what you should have. Have you ever been on a bus that? So you, um, you've been on Cardiff buses, I imagine. But have Not you ever local? Have you ever been on a bus that isn't your local bus system? Uh, I went on a lot of buses when I was in Rome, and I sure. fucking hated every second yeah, of it. Yeah, scary. Because they're very much like there is a very specific way to sort your ticket out. All the instructions are in Italian. If you do it wrong, you are fined ninety quid. We didn't do it right once. We've not been fined yet. I've attempted to navigate the Ontario train system before. Um, As far as I'm aware, tickets seem to be sort of optional. 
Yeah, that was also the case because no one checks, Italy. and there's no in the UK. There's barriers you've got to scan your ticket. Yeah. On. So even if no one's checking on the train, you have to have a ticket to get into the train station. Mm. You can just I I walked a friend onto her train and then left. I didn't have a ticket. Like That's, I could have got on the train yeah. and no one would have checked. The trains are double decker in um, America as well. That's fucked in North America. Yeah. They're double decker a lot of them, so they're fucking huge. So it's literally impossible to check all the tickets because yeah. they're too big. The way the travel tickets worked in Rome was you don't book it between stations, you book how long it's active for. So you'd have to look up how long your journey was going to be and book it so it would be long enough to last till you reached your station. It's fascinating. It's insane. It? And also there's a different ticket for each like tube line but they don't say which one's which. Like, I, I spoke to someone there, they're like, oh no, like, they just don't say. So we bought like three tickets and every time it's like, no, that's not the one for this place. But it was the only one it would sell at that machine. So you would like, because the idea is like, you get, say, the yellow line, you get off, you buy your ticket for the blue line, you walk to the blue line, you go there. But if you're just going on to the yellow one, they're like, well, we have tickets for the blue one. So we just quite often didn't buy tickets. And I went with a very close friend of mine, and we never, we've, we never argued out of that holiday. We never argued on that holiday. But there was one point where they just turned to me and they were like, if you speak to me while I'm ordering a ticket, I'll punch you in the face. Because <laughs> we were just like, we can't do this. We were two very neurodivergent people trying to figure out all of these instructions in poorly translated English. As it was a fucking nightmare. And it's why I don't really, like, I walk everywhere. Because obviously disabled, yeah, I can't I ride do. a bike. Yeah public transport even here confuses the fuck out of me bus i hate buses as i've said trains i can just about do but you don't get any trains in the city center that take you around i get um i get buses every now and then i don't know and then in cardiff to get Mm. to the train station or if i'm going to a gig that's um away from the city if i'm going to a gig in canton this is a bit inside if you're not listening to this in cardiff this won't make sense um, if I'm going to a gig in Canton, mm-hmm. then I'll get a bus to Canton. That's fair. Um, because I there's no walk. train to Canton. I have walked... It's 45 minutes. Like, I, just, I don't... I've walked like, that. I have walked that a lot. I have two jobs in the Bay. I live 35 minutes away from there. I've never once taken the bus because I can't do it. Like, yeah, I can't figure enough. it out. The train is like 10 minutes quicker, so I'll do that if it's raining. I understand the buses in Cardiff. I've never figured out the buses in Falmouth, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, Caffili buses just kind of do what they want. It seems like uh, Falmouth buses do that as well. It seems yeah. like most places just seem to be like the yeah. driver. It's always rare replacement buses as well, where they're like, I decide where you're picked up and dropped off, and I decide when that happens. I'm just about getting to grips with the Bristol bus service, because I'm over there doing uh, gigs a lot. But um, but other, I have never even once touched Bath. I don't want to think about it. Bath is... All the gigs in Bath are close to the station. It doesn't matter. Mm. So this, this is a road trip film that we'll be discussing later. What Have you ever done, like, a big road trip? Um, i talk about that. Yeah, but you should do a how are you, to be fair. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually I'm actually all right. Um, we had dead material yesterday, which Pretty is... Pretty good, as always. Uh, my gig that I run, I run a little gig in Cardiff called Dead Material... Uh, it went really well. It was the smallest audience we've had for it. Mm. And I was a bit nervous that that would make it a bit shit. Because even though it's like it's a good audience of good people mm-hmm. who I know will laugh, but also most of the people in the audience are comedians. And yeah. comedians don't laugh in the same way that a normal audience will laugh. Yeah, it's kind of a... 
I've noticed a lot of comedian laughs is like, I am appreciating that that was a good joke rather yeah. than like, that thing has made me laugh. Mm. Like a lot of comedian laughs, not in a mean way, they're performative. Yeah, exactly. I'm the same. I will laugh more if I think a joke is well structured, but that's not me genuinely laughing at the joke. Also, I've seen yeah. you perform maybe 50 times. So when I hear a joke, yeah. I'm like, I remember that that was funny. I'll try and do the laugh I did the first time. But also, I've seen you make that joke Although so Although I did times. some stuff yesterday that you probably haven't seen before. I don't, have you it seen the Night stuff. Bus stuff before? The Night that Bus stuff... the previous conversation. I remember you telling me the story of the Night Bus thing happening, but I haven't seen your set on it. Yeah. Well, you have now. I have now. It was good. Night. Good set. Yeah, but the show went really well. Um, we had Louise Lee headlined. She was very was, good. She was fantastic. Yeah, yeah she was really good. And she had to step up from to headlining quite last minute because the headline we had booked. So I went. I went to her name. Um, was um, she had to cancel last minute? And Louise was originally opening. Yeah. Um, the fun thing about Dead Material for me booking it is I really hate discussing money. Mm. I, I find that really such an uncomfortable yeah. conversation for me. I really hate it. So I often don't. If I'm booking someone for it, I often don't tell them that I'm paying them. Until Fair. they're at the gig. Yeah. So I can test if their hearts are pure. <laughs> um, no, but I didn't tell <laughs> Louise that I was paying her. I was going to pay her as an opener mm. anyway. Um, but I pay headlines a little bit more. Yeah. Um, it's not loads of money. It's I'm, I, I, I won't say the exact balances on here. But that was you did, that was a, you did it in the pre-budget um, days. Yeah. I've got a budget for the night mm. now. I won't discuss the exact budget on here, but... Uh, I pay the opener a little bit of money. I pay the headliner a little bit more money. Yeah. Um, and Louise didn't know she was getting an upgrade. And Phil Wathen, mm-hmm. who was also fantastic, it was very, very, very good. Um, he was originally a middle spot, and I literally said to him, "Do you mind opening? Do you want to open? Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a bit longer if you want because you're opening." He said, "I'll just stick to my turn." He did like seven minutes in the end. Right. But I felt I thought he was genuinely uncomfortable. <laughs> dead materials. We- so just in case there is anyone who doesn't know, dead material is a night where you perform material you don't do anymore. Yeah. And the worrying thing is that chances are you don't do that material because it was bad. And the problem is the way to do dead material right is to make a gimmick out of it, or at least make the joke that like I am aware that this is bad, doing it anyway. You've got to be very self-aware with it. Yeah. Whereas the way a lot of people do it is this so. Self-aware in the wrong way of like, they'll do a bad joke and then they're like, oh God, that was bad. If I say it was bad, people will know I know it's bad. But the, it then feels like you're getting bad comedy and I'm acknowledging that it's bad. I think Phil struck that balance pretty well. Mm. Like of just being able to like play it off as like, see why I don't do this anymore. I don't think he knew that he was striking that balance at the time though is the thing. That's what um, Maria Pollard, who will be listening to this, she did yeah. that really well. I think that energy of just like, Again, I think same issue because she was she. It feels awful. Said to I do. didn't like doing that. Like I don't like. I've done the show. Mark the Silcox sh- did it. Yeah, and he hated doing it because he was like, I felt like I was doing awful. He did really well. Yeah, I did the show in Aberystwyth, and I had to do it. I don't. I host the show yeah. in Cardiff, so even though that is a structure point now, that I do the yeah. material. That's doing the whole real. set of it. I did a whole ten spot of it in Aberystwyth, and that was. Uh, probably the most uncomfortable I felt on stage. That was and that, really, and it, and it went well. It just yeah. feels uncomfortable. Which is why really when I did it, I completely went off book. That's and that's what you have to do, I think. Yeah. So when you I either did it, go nuts or you just find the perfect balance. Yeah. When I did it, I 
got a PowerPoint of different of pictures of me getting younger and younger as I went back in time with jokes that I've never performed from when I was like 15 to when I was like 12. And then I ended with a big song because I was like, this as a con, it's fucked that I'm doing this gig. So I'm going to do this gig fucked. Like it, that's how it worked for yeah. me. Like I've been gigging for a year. If I do the jokes in a year ago, it's mostly the stuff I still do or stuff I did once. It was like, that's so bad. And then never did it again. Yeah. That's sort of what Jalila did. Jalila Galbraith did the show last night and mm-hmm. she read from her old school books. Oh, so good. That was Fantastic. such a good bit. Fantastic. Really good. Uh, how are you, Harry Dobbs? I'm all right. I've been recording podcasts all day. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, I, I, I want to talk about this kind of genuinely. I'm doing four Christmas specials for my other podcast, Didn't Ask, because... I fucking love Christmas specials of things. They're really fun. They're really fun. It's like we've done. We're doing one for this. We've, we've that recorded will come out it next next week. Next week. Next week. Next we've now. recorded that. Yeah. Uh, I love doing them because we're not telling you what it is though. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you look on his IMDb, you can figure it out pretty fast what it is. Um, there's just something fun about like it's a thing that you know, but they're addressing that it's the holidays. <laughs> I love the Doctor Who Christmas specials, even when it's just like it's a normal episode of Doctor Who, but everything's snowy. Yeah, I like those. It's just like. It's such a fun thing to me, and it's like town, gimmicky and town fun. Town called Christmas on Transvaal is yes, really. It's one of my favorite sort of little arcs. It's really good. I love. Um, I really enjoy. They're not great episodes, but the end of David Tennant's era after Donna, all of his episodes are festive specials. So there's like mm. Christmas, there's Easter, but I love the idea that the Doctor just goes to holidays when he's not with anyone. Because like, he just likes... He, it's Obviously, he doesn't do it once a year. He does it whatever he wants. I love that energy if he just, like, enjoys the holiday. Like, he's literally just sat on a bus eating an Easter egg. Because he just went to Easter because he wanted to do Easter for a day. And then I was like, I now do a show. I'm going to do Christmas. Yeah. And it's really... Like, I'm annoyed at myself that I didn't do Halloween. But I only yeah, just sure. started. It was very new at the time. Still new now. But I like... We could thinking about the fact that people are listening to this as it comes out. In a year, we could do a Halloween special of Timberthorn. I'm sure there's a scary oh, thing he's done. I haven't. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we'll find something. Troll the halls. Tro- well, <laughs> trolls is a, meant to be a scary franchise. <laughs> like, what's what's the Shrek Halloween one? Scared Shrekless. Scared Shrekless. Yeah. Scared Trollless. Scared Trollless. <laughs> Should we get into what we watched? Should we talk about the open road? So today, um, Harry's on blurb. Yes. I wrote this blurb whilst May ate a pot noodle before we recorded this. Lovely. 2009's Open Road is a film about Carlton, a minor minor league baseball player, this isn't important, who's struggling to find joy in his work, this also isn't important. Uh, But when his mum gets sick, this happens off screen and is slightly important but not really important. He needs to get his estranged father, Jeff Bridges, home in time for the surgery. This is kind of important. He's joined by his not-wife, not-girlfriend, maybe ex-girlfriend-slash-friend... Kate Mara, kind of again important, but very scene by scene important. And will they get in t- back in time for the surgery? No, <laughs> they don't. Um, Spoilers! We did a spoiler. We did a spoiler okay. warning. Justin Timberlake plays Carlton and is in every scene doing one thing. Um, I think none of this is important. It's a fun it's, bit of frivolity. It's not. It's not frivolity because it's so miserable. This film is so miserable. Not sad, because sad implies I care. I kind of got into it. I hated this 
so much. Really? <laughs> like, I, a side thing, I'm doing on my letterbox, I'm making a tier list of these as we go. This yeah. is bottom. This is the really? worst so time far. I've had so far. I fucking hate it. Worse this. than Trolls Holiday. Sorry, that's next week. Worse than <laughs> Trolls Holiday. Trolls Holiday was 26 minutes and it was awful, but there was a feeling of progression, whereas this was every scene after. So, I, actually, I want to kind of talk about this in order, which we don't normally do, but. Well, all my notes are in order. Yeah, so... we'll get the notes out, but also, like, the first 20 minutes of this is Act 1. The next hour is Act 2. The last 10 minutes is Act 3. It's so poorly paced to a point of, like, being hard to watch because it's baffling. The characters don't develop... They Every scene, they develop in the way they're going to develop in the rest of the film, and then in the next scene, they've reverted. Just because they're like, oh, shit, we gave them the development too quick. Put them back to how they were last scene. To the point... Where it feels like... So you know how The Rock is in a lot of movies in the jungle? Sure. And people like to put pictures of them together? It feels like if you took one scene from every one of of The Rock's jungle movies and made one movie, you're like, this feels like it could be one thing. This feels like Justin Timberlake was in 30 road trip movies and every scene is from a different (laughs) road trip movie because they don't make sense with each other. It's so bad. My first note... And this was 20 minutes in, is I have a film degree and I cannot comprehend a single thing that's happening in this. My first note is from the very start of the film. Uh, he doesn't run that fast, does he? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's playing baseball at the start, he's not running that quick. Yeah, so the film, like the, the blurb of the film on Amazon was like, uh, minor league baseball player Carlton must reunite with his baseball star father. He plays baseball in the first scene, it's not referenced again for an hour, then it's referenced again at the end. He wants to be an author. They talk about him being an author in yeah. most scenes. Well, his dad's a baseball player. That's a famous baseball player. His dad, yeah, his dad's a very famous baseball player. But it's not really... Jeff Bridges. It doesn't matter. It's important to me that it's Jeff Bridges. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, in the film, it doesn't matter oh, yeah. that it's based... Like, it's weird that they make him want to be an author. So I'm like, oh, cool. He did baseball because his dad pressured him. That is not addressed. That has not come up. I sort of found myself being like, this sucks, but I'm here for it. I'm, I've gotten this far. His first line is son of a bitch. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> That's yeah. a good bit. Um, my second note is, so we watched this on Amazon Freebie, which has ads. Yeah. Um, this doesn't feel like a film that's meant to have ads in it. <laughs> it's really jarring. <laughs> because the first ad that I got, I forgot there was going to be ads. And the first ad that I got was like, his mum is dying of some yeah. unknown illness. And then an ad for Siemens kitchen appliances. <laughs> just appear because as well I just watched Truman Show it felt like a Truman Show thing yeah it's like when they put the ads in and you're like oh is in capitalism awful but like it just is um I I've got a fun bit um and I might cut this if it ends up being boring uh I made an uh, I, I I wrote down every single advert that I got during watch, while nice. watching this film and uh, there's 22 entries I'm going to read them all in one go mm-hmm. so sit back uh, this is away. every single advert that May got while watching The Open Road, brackets 2009. Siemens Kitchen Appliances. Good stuff. Amazon Freebie. <laughs> Aldi. Not on the High Street. Dior Perfume. Guinness. Maltesers. Private Healthcare. <laughs> Brooklyn Beer. Nurofen. Traces Season 2 on UK TV Play. 
Guinness again. Not on the high street again. Ring doorbells. Ring doorbells immediately after the last ring doorbells advert. Maltesers again. IBS relief. Jimmy Choo. (laughs) Traces season two again, but this time in the last two minutes of the film. (laughs) Guinness a third time. It's Nitro Surge Guinness, which is a thing where um, you like uh, insert the comments on yourself. Yeah. Ring doorbells. Ring doorbells. That is the end of the list. I don't think I have that many. As well, to be fair, as as will be proven by my next wave of notes, I found this really hard to pay attention to, especially after Trolls Holiday. I wrote, um, Kate Mara's in this. Kate Mara's married to Jamie Dornan is in full caps. Uh, and I want to watch Rocket Man. There are no notes for the next 10 minutes of the film because I was Googling <laughs> Rocket Man, like just reading about that film. I was convinced for ages that Kate Mara was actually Erin Moriarty as in Annie from The Boys. Until we went for a drink yesterday. No, I, I, I knew you. it wasn't. All right. Uh, but for a bit, because I wrote in my notes, is that Annie from The Boys? And then immediately, no, it's not. Because <laughs> I looked it up, but it's Kate Mara. There's a scene I want to talk about. I mean, I know you want to talk about it too. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. a core cool character in this. So, actually, no, I'll walk us back. This whole film is shit in the way that all of the context is clearly in the writer's head, and they forgot that they didn't tell us. <laughs> So, Kate Mara plays Lucy, who dated Justin Timberlake's character for a while, then they broke up because he loved baseball too much. She now has a new boyfriend, and she's engaged to this man. The way this is presented in the film is the whole way for the first hour, Lucy and Justin Timberlake hang out all the time. They say, I love you to each other. They share a bed. At no point is it referenced they're not together. Then, Lucy goes... Justin has proposed to me. Oh no, what's his name? I wrote it down. Carter, um, something like that. Jason. Uh, yeah, my third to last note is... Jason Timberlake. Jason proposed to me, who the fuck is Jason? So genuinely, oh. this film is shot and directed as if those two were dating. Until Jeff Bridges is like, oh, what, are you dating that girl? I and... picked up on that they weren't ages ago. But they never reference that she has a boyfriend. Yes, they do. They don't. They do. When do they do that? Uh, I think... In the scene we're about to describe. They definitely don't. I could guarantee. I'm fairly sure it's brought... I I feel like... Okay, yeah, the Jason thing comes... They don't name him. Yeah, no, she just said Jason like, proposed to me. I, I feel like they, my phone. they do mention that they that Justin Timberlake and um, Kate Mara had previously dated. Okay, I that makes more sense. But, like... Quite, but they weren't together they, now. They, they're doing yeah. a will they, won't they, where they don't address that one of them is engaged. No, they do. Because um, it's the it's the scene where they're at the petrol station mm-hmm. and she's like calling home to be like, I'm going to be back way late. And she's talking to Jason. That's after the proposal line. That's really late in the film. No, it's not. Because that's when he, she sees the passport in his bag. No, those are two separate scenes. She's what? not on the phone in the first book. They're in the car talking... Uh, Jeff Bridges is drunk outside the petrol station. Then they walk over to him and she finds the passport. No, she finds the passport when she goes to get his pills from his bag. Yeah, that's that scene. They, yeah, she's that's, on, the phone, she's that on the phone in that scene. Because she calls... She's really? she's a she's a nursery teacher. She calls the school to be but like... In that case, I'm that scene happens late. again later. Does it? I don't care. That's the thing. <laughs> so, the thing I'm trying... Basically... Um, I don't remember and I don't yeah. care. Even if that is the case, most of the things in this film are delivered like twists, which means you have no idea what's going on. But there is a scene. Does my hair come out? Okay. There's a scene <laughs> where 
So the first scene Lucy's introduced, she's talking to Justin Timberlake. He's been told his mum has told him she refuses to go into surgery unless he gets his dad, who he hasn't spoken to for five years, to come it to come like halfway across America. Justin Timberlake asks for advice on this. Lucy's like, you just need to like grin and bear it, and you have to call him, and you'll have to sort all this out. It then cuts to a shot of his mum in bed. It then cuts to a front door. Justin Timberlake knocks on the door. Lucy opens it. He's like, thanks for your advice earlier. I called my dad and he's not available. Genuinely, it's that fast. Like, it cuts away and cuts back. A full day has happened where a lot of plot stuff has happened. In this time, Justin Timberlake learns that his dad doesn't have a phone. And this is a very important part of the film. He calls his agent. Yeah. So he calls his dad, doesn't get an answer because he doesn't have a phone. Calls his agent, finds out that his dad is doing a promotion. What number did he dial then? Right? (laughs) Right, this is not... Because this is all off-camera. Because it, it feels like they filmed it and cut it because they're like, oh, he just says it in a later I scene. Feel like but they didn't replace it with anything. We both are the plot of this film, but we know different parts from each other. I feel like we might have watched different films. We watched the same film. Because we watched Jeff... Okay, we watched Jeff Bridges be awesome. Jeff Bridges is <laughs> absolutely the stealing best part of this. this. I could genuinely watch a whole film of just Jeff Bridges doing... Just stumbling around and being an absent father. He's... So... Sorry, I was going to say my favourite Jeff Bridges line, but I instead looked at... There is a line when Justin Timberlake goes to Lucy's house where he opens... They're talking and he's like, sorry, did I wake you? And she goes, I was baking a fruitcake. Want some? And he goes, ha, good one. Fuck is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck does that mean? I want to talk about this line that Jeff Bridges says. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bridges has a very thick accent. He's very southern in this. He does not seem like he could be Justin Timberlake's dad. Um, he says, "Well, Justin Timberlake has a bit of a Texas twang in this film, I guess." I didn't hear um, it. They, they spend a lot of time in Memphis, which is where Justin Timberlake is from in this mm. film. Um, he says, "There's a line where they're in a car, and Justin Timberlake is driving, and it's clearly very pissed off at his dad." And Annie from the Boys is in the back <laughs> of the car, and um, and uh, Jeff Bridges says. Um, course in my days a hummer meant something else huh <laughs> what is he talking about a vibrator <laughs> like what and annie from the boys laughs and justin timberlake justin timberlake is like oh you scoundrel you dirty yeah, old man what is that and is she that like what? laughs to herself because it's clearly something dirty there's a really weird thing in this where scene so i've noticed a thing from making films where you can feel when a script is redrafted there was definitely a draft in this where Jeff Bridges' character was horny for Annie from the Boys. Annie from the Boys, because there are, I'd say, in half of the scenes, he we is like. We have to keep saying Annie from the Boys because that's the only bit of levity we have in talking about this miserable movie. This is a fucking like I, I have a point later about how fucking miserable this whole film is, but every other scene he is either like so horny for her or being like. She seems like a really good fit for you, Justin. I really think you should get together, and I think that'd be like really good. There's clearly a draft where he was meant to be full creep, and there's clearly yeah. a draft where it's like, that's weird. We'll pull back, but they'd already written those scenes, so they leave it in. There's clearly a draft where Jeff Bridges is like a proper bad dude, and yeah. they realise they don't want to make the father of the protagonist, who's meant to be like a likable scoundrel, yeah. Uh, uh, a sex pest. But he's, they don't want that to yeah. happen. I'd argue he's still not likable in any he's way. He's not great. His performance is funny. Jeff Bridges is 
I really enjoyed Jeff Rogers in this film. So, I actually found him the yeah. best bit of this movie. He's very entertaining. Because yeah. God knows Tim Blake is wooden. But oh, fucking hell. He's just bland. He's a boring man in this film. He's so nothing. So, every scene of this film is either... There's, there's three scenes. There's Justin Timberlake talks to Lucy about how they should... Like, in this flirty vibes... There is Justin Timberlake talks to his dad and is like, you abandoned us. And his dad's either like, fuck you or no, I'm really sorry. This changes. This is just interchanged. Or Justin Timberlake calls his mum and she emotionally manipulates the fuck out of him and we're meant to be on her side. Because like a big part. Yeah. So the whole plot is his mum refuses to go into surgery unless Justin Timberlake can get his dad to visit her. She at one point. So every every now and then throughout the film, Justin Timberlake calls her to give her an update. The first thing they try to do is fly there. His dad lies about not having his wallet or maybe actually actually doesn't. They can't get on the plane. So they try and drive. They drive to Memphis. Then at Memphis, they try and fly. His dad runs off. In Memphis, like during this, he has called his mum maybe four times. They hire a car, by the way. That's I want to make a point later. They hire a car. They hire a car. And a lot, a lot of this film is spent in the car. Yeah. But for a film called The Open Road, there are sure a lot of planes. There are a lot of planes in this. But they spend the first half an hour trying to get on a plane. So at this point, Justin Timberlake, with a day's warning, has gone now on a four-day road trip to try and bring his dad to his mum. During this, a lot of bad stuff has happened. He has had an absolutely awful time. He rings his mum and is like, Dad has gone missing. Do you have any advice? And she goes, this is what I get. I raised you. I took you to judo lessons. I hated doing it. But I still did it. And now the one time I ask something of you, you won't do it for me. And he's like, I'm sorry, mum. And she's like, look, there's a hotel he likes. You can try him there. And then she hangs up. It's genuinely, I got sad watching that scene because it's so emotionally awful. Like she's horrible to him. And it's meant to be like, he won't even do this one thing and for Justin her. Justin Timberlake is so dedicated to his mother in this film. Yeah, all, every single decision he's made is trying to get her... Because she refused, like, he's like, you need the surgery or you'll die. He's like, I won't do it if your dad's not here. So he's, like, doing all of this to save her. And she's like, how dare you not get your dad to me, even though I know for a fact you have tried multiple methods and now he's run away. It's so... There's a... Jeff Bridges is... Jeff Bridges is good in this film. There's a bit where... um, Whenever he meets a fan in this film, which happens a lot, he'll say, number 11 in the program, number one in your heart. Great line. Which is good, but there's a bit, the last time he says it, he says it to like a, um, a, not a chauffeur, a valet. Valet. He says it to a valet, and he literally was like, number 11 in prayer, number one in your heart. And it's like, oh, that's actually a really good bit of characterization for yeah. this guy. He's really annoyed with his own, like, fan base at this point. Bearing in mind in the previous scene, he, so yeah, he runs away from the airport, even though the, so there's a scene. Fuck, it's really hard. I have to walk back because of how bad this film is. He gets talked into finally getting on the plane. He goes to get on the plane. He then runs away to a hotel. Justin Timberlake finds him, opens the door, and they have a fist fight. Yeah. And it is not built up to in any way. It's awfully shot. It seems, it genuinely seems like a sex scene. It feels like one of those fights is going to turn into kissing the whole time. Because they're like bear hugging. They're they're not like, there's no punches thrown. They're just like, like, I think... One of them throws a punch, then they're, like, wrestling on the floor for ages. Like, it goes on for way too long. Yeah. It's a weird... It's a weird... And it doesn't make any sense for either of the characters, because he's meant to... Because, like, again, as I've said, 
every single scene, he has had the realisation that he needs to be a better dad. And he has told a character that he's going to try harder, and then he's slightly worse than he was in the previous scene. But also, this isn't addressed. Like, this isn't, like, the point is he keeps trying harder and ended up making things worse. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah. I Right, my summary of my opinion on this film... This film makes the case that JT's character is too stressed about the big stuff and needs to focus on what matters. However, I'd argue he's a man who's struggling to deal with tremendous pressure largely coming from the awful people around him. It's so hard to watch because everyone around him is being so shitty. Even Lucy in some scenes. Not all... Like, she's one of the better ones, but she's still, like... Annie from the boys. Annie from the boys. The one bit of levity we have. the, The joke we do. But... It's... Yeah, sorry, this is a sad episode. That's why I liked having the fun road trip chats. I knew I hated yeah, this. this is a... It's a miserable film. And it made me genuinely angry in a lot of ways. I want to talk like... about one bit that made me laugh a little bit. You can do that. I'm gonna have a it's not a joke that's in the film. It made me laugh at, like, the filmmaking. Yeah. There's a scene where um, they're on, like... In like a field, and they. (laughs) Uh, I really hope you do. I really hope I'm not to say the exact thing you're thinking. That'll be an incredible moment for us. Yeah. Um. Maybe we high five or something when that happens. If that happens, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. That hasn't come out yet. That's a reference to my podcast. That's a reference to a different podcast that hasn't come out yet. There's a scene where they're like in a field, and Jeff Bridges gets out the car and is like in a huff, and he's walking away, (laughs) and then he falls over. He falls that over. Is the bit I was <laughs> and it looks like he's faking a fall. And I think classic Jeff Bridges scumbag dad, he's faked a fall to make JT emo- feel bad. Yeah. But within the story, he that's he genuinely fell. He genuinely he's like in the next scene he needs medication. He's like in a cast. He's in a he's in a like a hospital. But he literally just falls out of nowhere, and it's. Like, I watched. It, I was like, "What a, what a, what, what a prankster!" Yeah. Oh, he's in the hospital because <laughs> it was literally it cuts to the hospital. I genuinely thought I'd like missed a bit. Yeah. While I'm looking at the film, like I just zoned out of what actually happened. You know, when, like, it, like it's probably like when a kid like overly dramatically falls to make a big deal yeah, he, of like, it. Yeah, like puts his arms up and <laughs> yeah. everything. This is Jeff Bridges who is a good actor who's done shit like it's this good. before. Cuz I thought And he's good in this movie, but this is such a weird moment. What like a moment that in the take? next in the next scene where he's like had you made me fall and now I'm injured and now I like need painkillers. How dare you do this to me, Justin Timberlake? And I'm like you fucking fell over nothing in a very funny way. And he like rolls as well for a bit. Like, it's such a funny fall. And then it's like, oh, shit. Things are getting too bad. <laughs> Do I have any oh, more notes? Any final thoughts on the um, open road? Oh, I had a thought. Um, I reckon they only had one car and they made that part of the plot. Yeah. Because oh, there's a bit at the end, to, towards the end, where Justin Timberlake oh, yeah. goes to rent another car for some reason. And then the guy's like... Uh, I can't give you another car, but you can have this one. Like, it's cheaper. If, and it's, the line is, it's cheaper if you have the same car again. Yeah, and Justin Timberlake's like, yeah, I take that one, I guess. They clearly only had the one car. Um, my favourite note that I've just found of mine is, um, I forgot Justin Timberlake was a baseball player, so when he says that he broke up with Lucy because he was too focused on the game, I thought he meant life. <laughs> 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 Genuinely, that line was really jarring to me. Because like I said... 
he wants to be an author. And this sets up to be one of those films that's like, he's like, in a hotel bar, he's like, I'm going to write a book one day and it's going to be caught. It's going to be about an idiot on a road trip. And he clearly means himself. So yeah. I'm like, oh shit, he's going to write the film. But then at the end, he quits baseball. And I'm going to call it 2009's The Open Road, starring Justin Timberlake. There's no that. Huh? I don't think there's a that. It's just called Open Road. Is it not called? I swear it's called The Open Road. So I looked road. up The Open Road and nothing came up. Let me double check. Phil? Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I thought it was a name. Uh, sorry, Harry. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else. I hated the music. I hated everything about this. But there were some like really nice shots. I'm like, oh, there's a talented person in this. Oh, first of all, 2000. Oh, yeah, 2009. The Open Road. Yeah, The Open Road. Where's the. On Letterboxd, at least. Uh, I also wrote three separate times, almost word for word, I wrote, I'm paying full attention and I've no idea what's happening. Because <laughs> all the plot happens off camera. I, it's really genuinely, bizarre. Film. We have to move on because I could rant just about how this is a poorly yeah, made film. Right. I have a fun little game. Yeah, go on. Give us something like before we go into I our like ranking. I have fun little games. So, are you aware of YouTuber Eddie Burbank and Ted Vision? Ted Niv- Ted yes, Niv- I am. They do lots of dumb road trips. This is yes. for the listener now. They did every Rainforest Cafe in America and every Margaritaville. Yeah. If you could do any road trip like that, what would you do? Oh. See, I would... Okay, I would quite like to find out what the most common street name is in the UK and go to each one of those streets and rank them. That's good. So things like Coronation Street is a very common name for a street. Victoria Road. Victoria Road. I'd love to go to like every one of those. Yeah, I'd like to. Oh, I'd like to do a tour of the, all the blue plaques. Oh, that'd be a good. You one. know, blue plaques. They're like, uh, if you're unaware what blue plaques are, you might be in the UK and not know what they are. Um, they're literally just like little commemorative plaques that say like Charles Darwin lived here mm. or something like that. There's a lot of really stupid ones. There's one in London that says, on this day in 1967, absolutely nothing happened. Yes, the day when nothing happened. Yeah. Get, got a plaque. Like, I want... I, I, one like that would be fun, where you're doing, like, a dumb thing. I really... Right. There's one blue plaque, mm-hmm. and I just want to say, this, this is my favourite blue plaque, um, where it was planted in, like, 19, say 1960, I don't know the exact dates, planted in 1960, and on it and said, in 1970, this guy will stand here. And then he had to commit to that. <laughs> and he did. He did That's it. pretty good. It was like a 10-year commitment to be like, I have to be at this point in 1970. Okay, th- th- you can't do this anymore because they've closed down. But the road trip I wanted to do most ever was of all the Ruby Tuesdays locations in Wales. Nice. No, in the, in the UK. So Ruby Tuesdays is a very popular chain restaurant in America to do quite nice food. In the UK, there was one in London, one in Nottingham, and one in Cardiff. So it's a very, very easy road trip to do. But then they've all closed. I think only London has one now. So you're just going to London. I think, yeah, I'd like to... I I really find it interesting when there's, like, a rogue American chain in the yeah. UK. There's a Tim Hortons in Cardiff, which it's is a weird. Canadian coffee shop. It's a very Canadian, shop. yeah. There's loads of them. I, when I was in Toronto, there's oh, yeah. loads. Um, but there's just one in Cardiff. Hmm. And I imagine there's, like, two in London, maybe, and one in, maybe, like, Edinburgh or something. Yeah. But, like... That kind it's of weird dumb that thing. exists. Because I love road trips. I can't. I want to drive specifically to do dumb road trips, but it would have to be something that stupid. At the end of every episode, we give a ranking based on what we thought of Justin Timberlake in this movie. Um, the ranking is, of course, whether it was Justin Timber lame, just fine, Justin Timber great, or a coveted Justin Timber piece. Can I start? Harry Dobbs, go ahead. Justin Timberlake, he didn't act 
in any scenes in this. Maybe he looks slightly annoyed once or twice. Justin Timberlake, fuck this movie. I had a fucking awful time. I'm going to give it a just fine. That's fair. Um, I can, I'll allow that. It was, however, Jeff Brilliant. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. You wrote that down? <laughs> I wrote that down. It might be just fine, but it's Jeff Brilliant. And it was Kate Marvelous. <laughs> Kate Marvelous. It was Annie from The Boys Amazing. <laughs> it was Annie from The Boy. I loved this movie. <laughs> oh, this is the worst one. Dying like... Mother Tastic. <laughs> Have you got anything to promote? Um, listen to the Christmas specials of Didn't Ask. They probably will have started by the time this comes out. There's one... If I do it right, there'll be one a week until the first Monday of January. I don't know. I don't know if I want to let you promote because you made me watch this. Because you picked the order and I fucking... What did you We're going to get to eventually. I like, I've got a new single out. <laughs> See, part of me worries you do. I'm promoting my new single. Uh, it's, uh, it's a... It's, Did you not plan ahead? It's a cover of, um, Scotty Doesn't Know. Um. I have needed I can, to sneeze this whole episode and uh, not sneezed. Uh, editing me, uh, just chucking a little, little snippet of, of the single. Play cigarette smoking again. No, just chucking a little snippet of the single. Uh, right now. Scotty doesn't know that Joanna and me do it in her van every Sunday. She says she's at church, but she's with me, and I'm fucking her every Sunday. Don't tell Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. So don't tell Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't. Scotty. Scotty's gotta go. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't. Scotty doesn't know. And have a terrible Justin Timber day. And don't tell Scotty.